Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on3 and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gamblernet in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. All right, all right. Welcome back into the Auburn Live Basketball Show. Appreciate everybody for joining us. With me, as always, Jay Head. What's up, man? How are you? I'm good, Hoke. I'm good. You know, it was a little weird for me not being with you guys last Monday, but I watched the interview that you did with Stephen Pearl. If I'm not going to be on the show and you get Stephen Pearl, then we can just keep doing that every week, right? Because the content on that was phenomenal. Yeah, I thought I thought it was good. I appreciated him coming on. He's a pretty straightforward dude, um, maybe to a fault, but I wouldn't I wouldn't say to a fault. I'm I'm I'll gravitate more towards how he speaks, as people on the message board probably know, or people that have criticisms about me being on the show know. I just sometimes I don't mince words, and uh, and he didn't either. But it was good. I thought it was, I thought it was insightful, um, and I appreciated him coming him coming on. Um, all right, lots to talk about. Um, since we, we last went on, Auburn's been a bye, a little basketball, a little Georgia win, uh, some monster games coming up. We'll jump into all of that and get our opinions real quick. Shout out to sponsors of the show, Session Cocktail, downtown Auburn, right there on Magnolia Avenue. Go check them out. Um, great, great people. Great place to go have a drink. Happy hour before games. Mississippi State game will be, I think the game's at three. So it'll be a great place to go after the game. Go, go to the game and then go pop down to Session um, and have a – uh, a drink or go have lunch, you know, and have a little cocktail or something before the game at three. Um, but uh, go check them out down there at Session Cocktail right there. Magnolia Avenue, downtown Auburn. Awesome place to hang out, chill, have some really, really good cocktails, good vibe. Um, and appreciate them as always supporting the show and being a part of the show, uh, as well as GameTime.co. GameTime.co sponsor of not only on three sports, but AuburnLive.com. Great last minute uh, app for, for tickets or 
um, to whatever you can think of, man, sporting events and comedy shows and all that good stuff. Use the promo code War Eagle uh, and you get 20% off your first purchase. Curious what tickets will be going for this Saturday against Mississippi State. Um, but go check it out. Probably probably something that's um, that's uh, affordable. Certainly not going to be Alabama or Kentucky tickets. So these last two, Mississippi State, Georgia, probably some good opportunities to get in there. So go use GameTime.co, the GameTime app as well, and uh, get you some last-minute tickets and use the promo code War Eagle to get 20% off your first purchase. All right, J-Head, let's catch up. Auburn had a bye week, much needed. After the tough loss, you know you weren't there, you weren't with us last week, so didn't get your thoughts on Kentucky. So I'm curious what, um, you know, what your thoughts are coming out of that game. But look, I mean, they rebounded nicely. It was a new look team against Georgia. No Jalen Williams. Chaney Johnson starts in his place. Chad Baker starts in place of Chris Moore, and um, they looked great. They looked great. They went 97 to 76. It's the fourth straight conference win of 90 plus points. The, the last four. SEC wins have they've scored 90 plus points, so so they're 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 scoring at a at a pretty decent um, pace minus the Kentucky game, um, but uh, you know they're sitting there 10 and four in the league, 21 and six overall. They're number 11 in the new AP poll. They're still top seven in all the computers. I think they're four in T rank, five, six, seven. Whether it's net, ESPN, B. Uh, so. They're, they're, that's really not going to change. They're not going to fall out of, you know, basically the top six, seven-ish of these computer polls unless they fall off the face of the earth, which we don't expect them to do. They're 11th in the AP poll. Um, sixth 10-win SEC season, at least 10 wins, in, in the last seven seasons for, for Bruce Pearl. Auburn has won at least 10 conference games in six of the last seven seasons. Before Bruce Pearl arrived, six times in the history of the program. Six times in the history of the program, they, scored, they they had 10 SEC wins or more in a season. They've done it six out of seven. And the one time they didn't, they had the youngest team in college basketball, and it was COVID. Um, and so everything was working up against them there. Um, but, yeah, so what are, what were your thoughts on, you know, if you want to revisit any of Kentucky, you can. If there were any high points um, transitioning into sort of the decisions they had to make last week. Cheney was an easy decision. Chad Baker was an interesting decision. Because we, I can talk about it. You know, we can talk about it now. But for people that don't know, we get to go to any basketball practice we want. But part of part of going to basketball practice is we're not allowed to report. That's the deal. Right. Versus so like you're welcome, but you cannot report on what you see, which is fair. Um, and it's smart, by the way. That's a whole other discussion. But it gives. If you notice, like some of the basketball writing that goes on from um, that you see, it's pretty smart because we have insight. We can watch some of this and get some perspective. But anyway. Knew that Chad Baker had not practiced all week. Um, he had not practiced all week. His first practice was Thursday. Um, and I was told early in the week he was in concussion protocol, couldn't say anything. Um, and so the, not just the fact that he started, him playing was a little bit like it was probably going to play, but he needed to go through the protocol, let alone starting. And then playing the way he did. It was a, just a wild week for him. Um, but what were your thoughts on Kentucky game, the bye week, some of the injuries, the the roster, change up and then and then what we saw in Athens on Saturday night. Well let's let's start with Kentucky. And realistically you can probably sum that up in contested paint catches for us and, and not enough effective low post scoring, partly because our guard play was not where it needed to be. When you shoot as poorly as we did from the perimeter and the guards don't necessarily handle the ball pressure, 
in the way you'd want. I think Wagner got up in our point guards a couple different times and really kind of affected being able to set the offense, get us in at various sets. It just got kind of all out of sorts. And that was as poor as we played at home, maybe as poor as we I, w- I would say maybe as poor as we played all year, honestly. Because defensively, and now offensively speaking, defensively, you hold Kentucky to 70, you've done your job. But when you only score 59 and you're this ball club, you're too talented offensively to have that kind of production or that kind of output. And, yes, Kentucky absolutely played a good game, but we could have played better. And and I'm not trying to in any way take away from what they did. It was impressive. But we could have played better. If people play up to their averages, if Jalen Williams doesn't get hurt and hits his average, just him alone, you're in that game going into the final minutes. But be that as it may, we didn't capitalize on that opportunity. Fast forward a week, and we did. Chad Baker-Mazzaro, absolutely huge, okay? You can't – I don't think you can properly put into context what he was able to do in that game, and not just from a scoring standpoint, because you knew you had to have it from someplace. Not having Jalen Williams – you had to get production from some other place. His ability to kind of play a point forward at times and to free Aiden up to play the two, you know, to have some sets where he was able to be in a catch-and-suit-to-shoot type situation, to me was kind of ingenious by Bruce um, and Burgermaster. And uh, I think he gave credit to Ira Bowman for also mm-hmm. being on the scout and setting that offensive game plan. Yep. So the way they kind of went about things, seeing Aiden – really play his best game since probably USC. It, I mean, you and I talked about what what can this team do, you know what I mean, to continue to get better. What are, what, are, what are the things that we can continue to develop? And I think you and I both said if Aiden can come on, this team can hit a different gear. And in that game, he played up to his ceiling. Now, not everything was perfect. Don't get me wrong. He's still got a lot of room for improvement. But to see the confidence – that's the biggest thing for him is the confidence to knock down shots. And confidence, like, like my grandfather used to say, man, confidence is like money. you got to have some to make some, right? Mm-hmm. So seeing him knock down those shots is going to give him confidence in a really big game coming up against Tennessee, and you're going to need him down the stretch in all those games because it's not like Mississippi State's going to be easy. Missouri's still playing extremely hard, and then you come back against a rival in Georgia who's going to want payback. Now, are they capable of getting that? I don't know. I don't think so. But they're still going to play hard. They played hard in Athens all the way down to the finish. So just massive win for Bruce and this team coming off of an absolutely grueling stretch of playing seven teams ranked in the top 100 of the net. You needed a bye week. You got it. You saw what a difference it made. I mean, I think we we were on the other side of that playing against Florida a couple weeks ago. You saw how refreshed they looked going with us coming into Gainesville. We needed that going into Athens and now it just sets the table for everything in front of us. Because if you want to win the SEC, if that is a goal for this team, you got to go into Knoxville and you got to get a big win. And that's what we're looking at, Justin. But what was your thought on Aiden Williams' play? How pivotal do you think that is for him moving down the stretch to give him that level of confidence? Yeah, that was big. I mean, that was that was one of those things I I, I, I talked about. That I hinted at that on the board because I talked to to somebody on on the staff earlier in the week that had hinted at me that that was going to be the move was moving Aiden back into that starting role. And um, it was really just about his confidence. It wasn't really about Trey. It wasn't about anything else other than, you know, 
he he cannot go in. Auburn can't go into postseason with with a deflated uh, Aiden Holloway. Even if he's not even playing great, he, he's got to at least have some confidence in what he thinks he's trying to do. And and so um, that was the big issue was just was just trying to get him going somehow. I don't think you could anticipate him waking up and hitting five threes, which was a season high for him. But um, but even if you watch that game, like. The way he handled the ball, I thought was I thought he did it with confidence. He had one turnover. Um, you know, there, just this his overall play I thought was good. There's also some numbers to point out that he plays well with Janai Broom, which you were going to see a lot of that obviously without Jalen. But it's just about getting Aiden going. Trey had been really good off the bench. Aiden had had not been good off the bench, and so needed to get Aiden back going and get him some confidence. That was huge. Is he going to go out there and hit five threes? No, but just seeing the ball go through the net, man, yeah. as a shooter. Like I can, I mean, I just, I'm, you know, nobody's on, I'm, I'm not on that level, but I grew up playing basketball, and it, to get it going, it's why, it's why in the NBA or sometimes in college when the whistle's blown, you see that guy take the extra shot, and you see that defender jump up and block it. You ever see, you ever like the play's completely dead, and some dude just wants to get off an extra shot, and the defender will go up there and block it and make sure it doesn't go in, because there is something about watching the ball go through the net that that reaffirms everything you just did, your shot. The timing of everything you just did, you're like, boom, I felt that, it went in, and I'm going to do that again. He hadn't felt that much, man. Two of 21 from three in his last six games going into Georgia. So he just, like, I'm sure he felt good coming off coming off his hand, but they just weren't falling. And so to get a few to go in um, was was a big deal for, for Aiden. And, it, and we talked about it. It adds an element that there's nothing else really instantaneous that you could do with this team except for Aiden getting back to shooting the ball well. Now, we say that, Chad Baker is inserted into the starting lineup. He scores 25. Didn't see that coming. So, like, you know, is that something? Now, that's a give and take. If Whether whether Chad Baker's on the bench or starting, like his points are his points, if he's now starting, it means that the bench is going to be different now. In the Georgia game, I think Auburn had 17 bench points. Well, that's far cry from 35. Now, Jalen being out obviously affects that as well. Um, they still outscored Georgia by a point on the bench. but So the bench dynamic now looks completely different. It won't be the same storyline we had of the year of the second wave coming in and the bench scoring 35 points. That's gone. With Jalen out, and especially with Chad starting, that goes away, and it becomes how do you how do you figure out the best starting lineup. Um, I liked Chad starting. They needed to start better on the road. You think back to Alabama, they actually started well on the road there. And then Alabama caught fire and took it. Like, Auburn was up 16-8 to eight in that game, and then Bama caught fire and led by 14 at half. But since then, bad start at Florida, bad start at Ole Miss, um, and there might be – and then Mississippi State was – was that was a – that wasn't a good start by Auburn, but but they were they were hanging tough with Mississippi State. Like, it was a close game, but Auburn didn't particularly start well for their own standards. So it was nice to see a jolt on the road, and Chad Baker had a lot to do with that. Um, and then you look at what Cheney, man, I don't know. I don't know if there's a guy that's made a bigger improvement than Cheney. And, and, and I say bigger improvement, I might just be talking about his comfort. It's not like he forgot how to play basketball. He just looked lost early in the year. Like, where do I fit in? I come in I'm coming off the bench, and there's all these guys. I, I've never played on the Division One level. Like, where do I fit in? How aggressive can I be? It sort of looked like he was thinking. Um, and the last, you know, I would say three weeks or so, that's gone away. And you see him down there. I mean, watch that Georgia game, man. 
posts up. He's looking around. He's being patient. Do I got to pass? Is somebody about to come double-team me before I put the ball on the court? Like, veteran-type stuff, man. Then he makes a move, and he makes a good post move. Or the play he made where he started from about the three-point line, dribbled between traffic, and then went, like, up and under, and you're like, what? What is that, dude? Um, so there's things that he's all of a sudden doing that he's he always had the athletic ability, but now he's got the confidence and the comfort level to go be him. And you're like, goodness. I mean, he had a fadeaway elbow shot. I'm like, whoa, this dude might have – I mean, you're, he's doing some things that you're thinking an all-around repertoire. Like, he's he, – there's not many – I mean, it's pretty 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 impressive. So, I don't know. I come away from the Georgia game going – can they, what can they replicate? Chad's not going to score 25 every game. Cheney's probably not going to go score 16 every game. Um, what can you replicate forward? Chris Moreland played three minutes. Is that going to be his new norm? Meh, maybe. I mean, maybe. I don't know. That's that's a low. I mean, it's almost not playing. Uh, it's hard to go from starting to playing three minutes. You feel like he'll get a few more. Dylan. Dylan played 24 minutes. I looked it up. It's the third most in his career. So, it was it was an interesting game. I'm curious to see how much of that is replicated Tennessee, Mississippi State, um, and just sort of what it looks like. But I, I do think Chad moving to the starting lineup is a good thing to get you off to a good start. I mean, everything that you could have – I mean, think about going into that game. If you're like, okay, we're, Auburn's without Jalen Williams. What needs to happen to win? And, like, every one of those things happened. You know what I mean? Chad Baker, Chaney Johnson, Aiden, Aiden – Low assist, like everything that could have happened happened for a positive, and they do that. So the question is kind of what happens when some of that stuff doesn't go well, and you're without Jalen. We'll we'll find out Wednesday because Tennessee's fantastic. You know what I mean? It's gonna be a tough one. Ooh, I don't know. Very tough one. And, and let me clarify something real quick. I said Aiden Williams. I meant to say Aiden Holloway. I was combining Jalen oh, Williams' yeah. name. So let me for those that are gonna but that are gonna just absolutely massacre me in the chat. Uh, yes, I, I know it's Aiden Holloway, but back to you, back to what you just said. And I think maybe the most impressive thing uh, that you saw coming in that Georgia game, A, the margin of defeat. I think that's the biggest margin of defeat that Georgia's had at home this year. Mike White has had that team play exceptionally hard all year long. They're not the most talented ball club, but they do some different things to you defensively, and, and they have a very attacking guard-oriented offense that can be problematic for teams at times but again agree with you on love what you saw from Chaney Johnson the confidence the willingness to kind of expand his game and then it just it seems so much smoother for him now Justin you're right he's not Mm -hmm. thinking it's not these jerky motions and this unassuredness that he's playing with he he knows what he's doing out there now when Jalen comes back and you need Jalen to be honest to get to the Sweet 16, to get to the Elite Eight, if you're going to get to the Final Four, Jalen Williams has to be a factor. But this should give Cheney confidence. So if Jalen doesn't have it going, if it's a night like him for Kentucky, you got somebody you know you can turn to at this point and give extra minutes to. And Cheney knows he can step into that spot and absolutely fill it up if you're asking him to do that. To me, probably the one thing that I'm interested to see from an experiment standpoint Bruce talked about it a couple weeks ago. I need to get Denver Jones more minutes. If you're going to start Chad at the three, do you get Denver some rotational minutes at the two and the three? Do you try to experiment with him there? If Aiden can get that kind of production from the one, 
as opposed to playing Denver at the one, do you try him at the three some? And I'm going to be interested to see if that happens because you talked about Chris Moore's minutes. I love Chris Moore. I love everything that kid's about. I love the hustle. I love the mentality. I love the attitude, the toughness, all of that. But the skill level has not necessarily translated on the court at all times this year. And if you're looking for a little bit more pop in that second rotation, does Denver give that to you because you're trying to find some different scoring options for yourself? So that'll be what I'm watching moving forward going into the Tennessee game. Is that an adjustment they make, or is that something that they're just going to go back to the normal rotation? Chris, you're in. Jalen's back. We feel good about our rotation. We're going to go back 10 strong again. because. Similar size, Denver and Leor are similar size, except for Denver's exceptionally more athletic than than Leor, in my opinion. And I'm not trying to take a shot at Leor by any means. No, no. I, I I just think that Denver gives you more from a defensive standpoint and an offensive standpoint if you're going to play a second a, a scorer more at that position. <clears throat> yeah, even Leor poured it, you know four points, had a couple of nice baskets. I mean, it was, I mean, about about everything went. Uh, Auburn's way in that in that game. Denver knocked down a couple threes. Katie Johnson, the second half, eight points, three assists, I think, um, and, and some really impactful plays. So it was just it was one of those games similar to the second half against Ole Miss, yeah, um, or some others where they just caught fire. And when this team catches fire, they are hard, hard, hard to deal with um, when when the pieces are when the pieces are are um, are there. Tennessee's going to be interesting, man, because. At Georgia, a lot of Auburn fans there, as there have been the last few years. It's such an easy trip. Auburn fans in Atlanta. So a bunch of Auburn fans in Stegman. Um, Thompson Bowling is a different deal. That place is a, a, is a, is a monster of an arena, um, and it will be all Tennessee. That, that environment will be very different um, for, for Aiden, for Cheney. You know, I think, think you know, they, didn't, they didn't go to Rupp. Um, they didn't go to Texas A&M's got a pretty, pretty nice arena, pretty big arena. Didn't go there. Uh, Coleman can be loud, but it's sort of dreary, whatever. But that's, it can, it, I guess the second half of that game was, was probably, you know, last seven, eight minutes was probably intense. It's a close game. It was probably pretty loud, but Thompson Bowling is an even different deal. Um, it just seems so vast. And so I'm really curious to see how Aiden and Cheney particularly sort of, um, respond in that game but what a what a blessing to for Auburn to be in that position they were in and Janai hadn't even got going and then Janai gets going in the second half and goes 13 and 8 in the second half really most of that was the last 11 and a half minutes um that, that he he exerted himself and and uh and and really got going I mean at this point for for Auburn we, we I wrote about it on Saturday I was like look it can kind of go this can kind of go two ways Either Cheney's going to step up, Chad Baker's going to step up, some guys are going to find extra confidence, you're, you're going to figure some things out on a positive note and play well without Jalen. And then when Jalen comes back, you're going to go, man, we just ele- – like Chad Baker and these guys got a few more minutes, elevated their play, we figured out some different rotations, and now Jalen's back and better. And now we're now we're a better team. Or you try to figure out these rotations, these different new rotations, they don't work. Cheney doesn't necessarily step up. People mm-hmm. sort of lose their rhythm and where they were on the team, and it's this weird. And then when Jalen comes back, you're you're this team that's sort of lost the momentum, and then you're trying to find it again in postseason. Well, one game in, it was all it was all positive. One game, it was it was 
it was all um, positive. You couldn't ask for, for, for more from that. Even playing zone, man, like starting Cheney, starting Cheney, even throwing the zone. They never play zone. Bruce Pearl never plays zone. And even the decision, he gave credit to, to Burgo and, and Ira for saying, hey, I think maybe we could play a little zone here. Like Georgia does some good stuff man-to-man based on kind of where our personnel is. Maybe we just run a little bit of zone so we don't have to prepare as much for some of this stuff and can confuse them a little bit. It seemed to work certainly in the first half. Um, but, man, the, the job the staff did, Bruce said it after the game, you think about trying to keep the spirits up after a Kentucky loss combined with losing Jalen, combined with Chad Baker not practicing. you got to keep his individual spirits up. and you got, Combined with Aiden struggling, combined with going on the road, um, and they looked so poised, so calm. And that's a credit to the players. It's also a credit to that staff and just – knowing this team inside and out. like the, Bruce is one of the best, and his staff takes that on. They're one of the best that they just – they get – whatever team they have, they they get it pretty well. They kind of know how to push the buttons. Doesn't always work, but they, they understand the sort of where their team's at. I would agree with that. And one thing that you and I didn't discuss, if you're talking about punching the right buttons and creating the right rotations, that unique lineup of Janai Broom and Dylan Cardwell together, you know, trusting Janai, who's probably going to have to play some, you know, some face-up four in the NBA. If he's going to make it in the NBA, he's going to have to be a four more than likely. Yeah, no doubt. Watching him do that um, against Georgia, it gives you some more confidence to experiment some. Do you try to create a bigger lineup? Now, when you see Janai getting matched up against a five that's giving him problems athletically. Can you go to that bigger lineup to try to impose your will some in the paint? It worked against Georgia. I have no idea if it'll work moving forward, but I thought it gave an interesting an interesting dynamic or an interesting look to prepare for. If you're going into that Tennessee game, and if I'm Bruce, I'm throwing the kitchen sink at them from what I'm planning to do schematically in that game. You know, I'm I'm, I'm not tipping my hand because you need this one. Like, again, if you're going to – if you're going to finish 14-4 and four in the league, if you're going to – if you're working for a shot to win the SEC this year, you got to win that game. I don't think 13-5 and five gets it done. 13-5 and five gets you top half of the SEC. You're probably going to get a double buy in the SEC tournament. A lot to be proud of there. But if your goal is an SEC championship, and I believe this team's is, you got to win that Tennessee game. Can they do it? We don't know. I mean, like you talked about, Thompson Bowling Arena is going to be the loudest forum they've played in, in my opinion. Now, look, in Tuscaloosa, playing in the airplane hangar, that was loud, man. I mean, you could tell it affected our guys in the first half. I don't think it's going to affect them in the same way because they've been exposed to it. And the only other arena that they played in this this big is Bud Walton. And Arkansas was out of that game so quickly. Yeah that you never really had, the crowd never really had an opportunity to get into it. So how they respond to the crowd, but can they just play the way that they, when they are successful, they move the ball so well, Justin, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Where they're side to side, they're getting the defense, you know what I mean? They're trying to catch them in the right rotation and then creating an open shot. They're getting paint touches and working inside out. And you saw that all on display in that game. And it starts with hitting some shots early. And you're right. If this team can start well in Knoxville, that tends to translate. But the guard play has got to be there. That's the big thing. You got it against Georgia. 
Can you go two weeks in a row getting top-tier guard play? But I think this is the first time you've had double-digit scoring in the post and then also guards that are giving it, you know, and I consider our wings guards. But to see Chad Baker-Mazzaro get the kind of production he got from his position and then Aiden to be able to get the production he got from his spot at the point, that's the first time we've really seen it probably since, what, Indiana, where you've gotten that level of production from the post and from the guard position. Yeah. <clears throat> the Indiana game is also the game that Aiden hit five threes. Bruce joked afterwards. He's like, We're, Aiden just plays well in Georgia or or, or somewhere near downtown Atlanta. Um, he also talked about how Cheney's played well on the road, and that's actually true. I have to go back and look it up, but Cheney played decent at Mississippi State, played decent at Ole Miss, and he joked that when Jalen came back, he would start Jalen at home and start um, Cheney on the road. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know, man. T-Rank's got this game. 77-73 Tennessee, mm-hmm. giving Auburn a 37% chance to to win. It's been like that all year. This game, the game at Alabama, are really the only two games in conference that, that have been projected Auburn losses. Um, Florida was pretty much a pick them. But, yeah, the Tennessee game is a 37% chance of winning. And, and based upon – so T-Rank has a thing called wins above bubble, basically just meaning – you know, the closer to 1.0, uh, the more impressive the win. And wins above bubble just means kind of like wins above an average team. The higher the higher, is, the higher the number is to one, it means the harder that win is in terms of an average team. Like an average team is not going to win that game. So if it's close to one, it means pretty much only an elite team would win that game. If it's closer to zero, a lot of teams would have a chance to win that game. This game is a .86. It's, it's almost twice – as hard as anything they've played, it's considerable amount harder than even the game against Alabama at home a few weeks ago. So it's a big one. I don't know. I do agree with you. If they go 13-5, and five, if they don't win, they, they're not going to win the SEC. I mean, it can't. It's not, it's not going to happen. At that point, you're two games back at Tennessee with three to go, and they hold the tiebreaker. So, like, just, just from Tennessee alone. Um, I think, I don't know. More importantly, it's probably keeping inside the top four. Yes. In the SEC, top four gets you a battle Friday. <clears throat> and look, even thirteen and five, it's a log jam. I mean, they're they're ten and four right now. Bama and Tennessee are eleven and three. Um, Florida and Kentucky are sitting there a game back of Auburn. Both those teams beat Auburn, and South Carolina's sitting there at ten and four as well. Carolina's probably got the easiest road. Tennessee's got the hardest road. Tennessee plays Auburn, then they go to Alabama, then they go to South Carolina. Then they host Kentucky. That's Tennessee's last four games. Um, so they're really good, but they could definitely drop another. If they they could beat Auburn and definitely drop a game or two. Bama's got Tennessee at home. They've got they might have they've got at Florida. I don't know who they play. They might have Ole Miss this this week. Um, they do. They've got Ole Miss on yeah. Wednesday, and then they go at Florida. They got they got Tennessee at home for game day. That's then right. I think at Florida, then Arkansas comes. Kentucky's got <clears throat> Kentucky's got Vanderbilt in there, maybe Missouri. Then they got the Tennessee game at the end, um, and then Florida's got Bama, um, and it's not it's not a terrible schedule. Either way, if Auburn goes three and one and can finish thirteen and five, probably in the top four because you'd think that some of these other teams will at least lose one more. Nobody's gonna just they're not gonna just all win out, um, but. It could be close. You certainly can't lose two. You know, if you were to drop Tennessee and you were to drop 
you know, whatever, Mississippi State at home, right. go on the road and lay an egg against Missouri, which would be a devast, that would be a terrible loss. Um, but uh, two losses, and I think you're fortunate, and I think you'd be lucky to be in the top four. So, um, and again, I mean, what does that mean? You play, it means you're five or six seed, you play on Thursday. <clears throat> if you're trying to win the tournament in Nashville, obviously that makes it more difficult. Um, gives Jalen an extra day of rest, if, you know, if, if that matters. <clears throat> but other than that, really, if you're Auburn at this point, it's about trying to play well, win these games, and, and, and hold on to the highest seeding you can for the NCAA tournament. I agree. Um, AP poll doesn't really matter anymore. It's fun. <clears throat> we'll see if they could climb and be cool. You know, I mean, that's, that, that matters, I guess, for historical purposes. But it's really just about holding on. You know, I, I personally, I think Tennessee is going to be tough. That team can score. And you take Jalen out. I know they look good against Georgia, but Tennessee's defense is every bit as good as Auburn's on defense. I mean, their absolutely. defense is absolutely – that's the one thing they have been really good at. They haven't had the offense in the last few years, Tennessee. It's why Auburn's gotten the better of them a few times, because offensively Tennessee would struggle. <clears throat> um, they've got the offense this year. And so going there and winning – now Auburn's played well, like the Jabari team – we all remember the Wendell three at the buzzer that, that looked like he got fouled. That went down to the wire. The Samir team went in there and won, right? The the Mustafa Heron team went in there and won. Um, so, like, you know, they, they've gone in there and played um, fairly well. Like, so I, I think they'll go in there and compete. <clears throat> um, I think I think Bruce's style has matched up pretty well with Rick Barnes' style. Um, I think Rick Barnes has only got – See, they beat them in Knoxville, <clears throat> and then they beat them one. Oh, the COVID year, they may have gotten them, but that's it. Like in the last seven seasons, six seasons, Auburn has, has, has got a bunch of wins against Tennessee. But it's going to be tough. I don't know, man. I, I think I, it's going to be tough to win that one. I think you come back. Mississippi State now looks like a quad one game. They were hovering right around. I think they got to be top 25 to be a home quad one game. I think it's top 25 in the net. I think they're right about there. So Mississippi State is on a tear. <clears throat> and while that's bad for Auburn, you're going to get a confident Mississippi State team coming in. They've won like six in a row. It's good because it could be a quad one win uh, if they can keep playing well. So that would be good for Auburn. And then you have Missouri and Georgia in this game. Yeah, I think the latest NCAA tournament projections were Auburn's still at a four seed. It's going to take a lot for them to move off. I mean, if they lost to Tennessee, Auburn's going to go nowhere in the seeding and go nowhere in the computer polls. Um, they're going to stay exactly where they are um, because of the, because of the strength of Tennessee and the fact that it's a road game. Mississippi State, <clears throat> similar deal, beat Mississippi State. You'll stay pretty much right where you are. The game you cannot lose is Missouri and Georgia. you got to win those. Other than that, um, even, even if they lost to Tennessee, Mississippi State beat Missouri, Georgia, maybe they drop to a five seed. Um, because really what happens in Nashville is kind of irrelevant. We've, we've sort of seen that. Conference tournaments, outside of winning the conference tournament, everything else there that happens is sort of, unless you're trying to win it and get in, or you're a bubble team that needs like a big win, if you're in, like if Auburn goes to Nashville as a five seed and wins the first game, it'll do nothing. When, they could probably win two games, and it probably wouldn't move their seeding much. Um, if they if they go in there as maybe a four or five national you know, tournament seed and they win a game or two, they probably won't move. They probably have to win the whole thing and maybe they move up a seed line. So it's like things are pretty much so um, stuck in place at this point that, you know, it would take something pretty dramatic 
good or bad, like beating Tennessee or losing to Missouri. Those are the extremes that 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 that, that would sort of have to happen for for Auburn to move up or move down. So anyway, we'll see what happens. Six o'clock, I believe. Let me double check the game time for Tennessee and uh, Auburn. Wednesday night, six o'clock, ESPN two, six o'clock Central. Um, and then the game Saturday against Mississippi State is also on ESPN two, three o'clock Central on Neville. In, in, in Neville. So a couple of national TV opportunities here for Auburn this week. Some big games, two more likely quad one games. Um, and I'm just really interested to see Cheney, really interested to see Aiden. One thing we didn't talk about, by the way, before we go is, um, you know, Georgia couldn't prepare for what Auburn, they did. They couldn't prepare really for Cheney starting or Chad Baker starting or Dylan and Janai at the same time. Tom, Tennessee will have a little bit of that film, but not a ton. So, um, you know, I don't know how big of an advantage that is for Tennessee to now see a little bit of that and what they might do and prepare for it. Um, but we'll see. But the bottom line is against Georgia, they made shots. They made 14 threes. It's the most they've made all year. I mean, sometimes basketball's not hard. Like, when you make shots, you're going to be hard to beat when you don't make shots, right? Um, <clears throat> but Auburn made threes. They kind of did everything. Auburn can overcome some things. Um, but they did everything right. They made threes. They didn't turn the ball over a bunch. They had a high number of assists. Like, they did all the stuff that – and they overcame. By the way, they won that game by 21, and I think Georgia had – I don't have it pulled up now, but Georgia shot 31 free throws. I think Auburn shot 16. I think Georgia was probably plus uh, – I, I think Georgia was plus 14 from the free throw line and still lost by 21. So if that officiating, if that game is a little more even, if Auburn goes to the line a few more times, it's a 30-point game. Anyway, and, and like Jay had said, Georgia's not only played well at home, you know, played Florida to the wire, played Tennessee to the wire there, played Alabama to the wire there. Also in the preseason, if you noticed <clears throat> the the game that got a lot of attention on Saturday morning, the Wake Forest-Duke game for the court storming incident, <clears throat> that was a big win for Wake Forest, um, who's now basically a top 25 team. I can't remember if they got into the polls or whatever. Either way, that Wake Forest team went to Georgia in the non-conference and lost. Georgia beat that Wake Forest team in Athens in non-conference play. So, so it's a pretty good Georgia team. This played really well at home, and Auburn went in there and mopped the floor with them without Jalen Williams. <laughs> so I don't know, man. You want to criticize Bruce for playing too many players or, like, whatever, style of play or whatever random sort of criticisms come up, man, I, I don't know. Guy knows basketball. I mean, there's 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 probably a fair criticism, but – um, coaching and winning basketball games is not one of them because he wins a ton of them. So, um, all right, we'll get out of here. This will be posted on uh, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, all that good stuff. Make sure and check us out. Subscribe to YouTube, by the way. If you watch all the stuff, the recruiting shows, football, basketball, subscribe <clears throat> and turn on notifications. That helps us um, in the, uh, the whole algorithm game. So uh, please do that. And uh, we'll be back next week, and we'll talk about a, a pair of monster games, Tennessee and Mississippi State. We'll see how Auburn fares in these couple of games. Jalen Williams, is there any progress there? Could he be, you know, could he see minutes against Mississippi State? I doubt it, but he traveled. We'll see. It's probably still too soon. He probably, need to get, probably needs to get a little bit of practice underneath him before you toss him out there for a game. He needs to be healthy. So I'm still thinking maybe the Georgia game at the end of the year. But the way Bruce talked about it last week was interesting, where he was like, he's going to travel to Georgia. And then Bruce said, we'll see. Well, okay. Yeah, that, I guess he's just, he just doesn't want to put a timetable on it, but interesting nonetheless. All right, let's get out of here. Go subscribe. AuburnLive.com. Appreciate everybody for joining us. Appreciate everybody for being a member of the site, and we'll catch you next time. See ya. Madness is here. 
Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on3 and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text HOPE NY in New York. 